Syria are fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. I want to wish everybody Happy New Year for 2018. Off we go, guys. The second half of the season about to start. What do you think? Hi, Chris. Hi, Marco. Missed you guys last week. Thanks for picking up the slack. Hey, man. Family duties. We did it. We did it this weekend, too. I think that's probably why you still don't. Yeah, we all don't remember when last week happened. (laughs) Uh, This was a good weekend. Yeah, um, great weekend for soccer. Also, the start of a new year. Um, what did you guys think of uh, New Year's? We had a pretty epic one at your house, Marco. Yeah, I mean, my good friend Artem, the big Russian, he's, uh, he's training right now for the World's Strongest Man competition. And he's doing so by lifting his little soon-to-be wife every night. Yeah, that's right. That sounds weird. Well, it was super cool with uh, seeing an engagement like that. I've never be- seen that at New Year's. It was really awesome. Congrats to them. You've never seen a, a New Year's engagement? Yeah, not like that. Yeah, it was rain from the from the sky, usually. Um, if you kind of want to picture this in your mind, um, imagine Zhang Keefe from Street Fighter uh, proposing uh, uh, to a... a Tinkerbell. Yeah, to Tinkerbell, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought at any point Sagat was going to come and give him... Or Ryu was going to come give him the, ah, Ryu can, and they're like, just... That was going to be over. No, it was definitely a beautiful moment. And uh, it was just fun being around all all the closest friends. Right, guys? That's what we are. Yeah. I, I, uh, Family. Ner- I nervous eat, nervous ate pizza and cheese and nervous drank shots of bourbon. So uh, uh, it was it was it was an excellent time. Um, a c- companion of ours ended up at on the way home getting a hundred and fifty dollar uber cleaning fee you can read Ooh. between the lines on that one Ouch. should have paid you for that yeah <laughs> and i did even clean it up oh. so I'm, I'm gonna hit up uber and be like dude i detailed this guy's car and gave him 20 bucks yeah. what's up with this man oh, I would, sh- show me a bill show me a 150 dollar cleaning bill and I'll, I'll happily pay yeah, he'll show you his new rims <laughs> The other thing that's opening up starting in January, guys, is the transfer market. My favorite time of the season. What are you hearing about that? Are you excited about the next month into Syria and all the transfers that could be coming to us? I see that Napoli uh, looks like they're going to try and get in the mix here. A lot of people being connected to them. Uh, a lot of people being connected to Inter. Of course, Juventus is connected to anybody that's that's worth a darn. Uh, you know, under the age of 23 uh, in the entire Italian league. Um, but, you know, maybe looking to see if Napoli is going to add to this. Um, but, you know, the main thing I take away from what I've been reading is that it all seems pretty laughable. And uh, especially the sums of money they're talking about for people like 60 mil for Gulam. Unbelievable. 150 million for Milinkovic Savic. Like, come on. I'm super excited. Uh, we'll hopefully have more on this. Masal Bugdov, I think, is coming to Syria. We'll be hearing about that in the next few weeks. And I'm joining Roma Club New York on this one. Kristen Pulisic, guys, would love to see him in the Jello Rossi colors. No, no chance of that really happening. But I would just love. Let's to Let's just see float it. that rumor out there. <laughs> yeah. See if uh, see if Di Marzio picks it up or something like That's that. Right. That's um, right. Yeah, I mean, well, you already got your uh, transfer, little quote unquote transfer market. Uh, gift is uh, uh, the Garden State acquires uh, acquire the Garden State OTF Genoa acquire uh, Giuseppe Rossi, which I'm sure you're 
pretty the, the boy next door yeah back the, in the syria the guy just a few exits away uh on the jersey turnpike yep no happy about that um he he got to start early before the transfer market because no one had him signed but uh, uh yeah super excited to see giuseppe back in the league and uh playing games still hasn't scored yet but uh well, hopefully that comes soon could i just have one new year's wish balotelli to roma man i'm telling you <laughs> We need the goals. We need the goals right now. That's what we need. We need Balotelli, right. You know who I'd really like to acquire in January? Patrick Schick. (laughs) That's honestly a great quote there, Tad. Wouldn't it be great if Schick actually showed up? Uh, We'll see. You guys uh, are harsh. You guys are harsh on Mares? Mares? No, honestly, though, who, who, who would you want for Roma besides Balotelli? I'm 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 going to set you can spend up to 50 million. So you can't get like you can't get like Neymar or something. I still don't feel like we. I, you know who I want? Patrice Evra, just because he's a fun guy to have in the league. The I guy who just kicked the fan in the I face. Know, I saw yeah, that. I was going to say. I think I can go through my couch cushions and we could maybe pull out some change and maybe we could get him. I, I love we, this game. I'd rather get Cantona at that. We need some goals, man. <laughs> yeah, Casano, get him out there. No. Oh wow. No, I mean in, in all in all reality, who would I, who would I really like to see? You know, just that's like a possible buy, Kesa. In case it looked dope in in, in in red and red and yellow. Yeah, no, I agree uh, with that. Because he's also nineteen, right? Yeah, but he's can, a hometown favorite up there in Fiorentina, so we'll see. Money, money talks. I guess that's what would bring him down to to our club. All right, so we've got three or four more weeks of that transfer market news. Really looking forward to that. Hope you can hear the sarcasm in my voice. Let's jump to it, guys. want to remind everybody with social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Curve America, all one word. You can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, asroma360.com, curveamerica.com, wherever your favorite podcast can be found. Tad, once they find us, what do we want them to do, buddy? Well, I think we need to do an emphasis on this one for, for old buddy Rocco at, at <laughs> Catenaccio NA. Um, subscribe. <laughs> rate, Period. And comments. Yeah. <laughs> so if, you, if you're going to go out there and follow us, uh, uh, be sure to subscribe. I feel bad. Uh, uh, Rocco gets at us that we post on Godly Hours. Um, that, uh, you know, props to him for. Not subscribing, getting up, or whatever, or, or timing it to, uh, to 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 get the to, to get a hold of the podcast. But yes, please subscribe, rate, and comment. It's really important for us. It's how we rise on iTunes and get found more, and how it's how we grow the Syria uh, through this podcast. Remember, the Syria revolution will not be televised. Being it will be podcasted. Yeah, but you know. New Year's resolution, guys. We're gonna try to get expand our fan base past the insomniacs. And the uh, and the drunks. Yes, and move on to the subscribers. That's mm-hmm. what we're after in 2018. You know, I mean, that should have been paragraph one on our whole marketing plan. Yeah. Subscribers. Yep. All right. Well, let's subscribe ourselves, guys, to Shameless Beer Plug. I'm going to do this one, guys. National Bohemian Beer. Natty Bo for all my Baltimore Huns up there. Marco, you also lived up there. I did. So uh, I also the- bought this beer. That's I was right. ready. For, I was ready to, to to talk about it. All right. No, go I'm for just it. kidding. I'm just okay. kidding. You got it, man. You, you look to, excited. I used to live in Canton with the Natty Bow sign up there. Anybody driving 95 will see the one-eyed gentleman looking over the Baltimore neighborhoods. That's Natty Bow. 
really good Baltimore beer. Actually brewed in Milwaukee, though. Yeah, my <laughs> sister's from Milwaukee, and I'm yeah. like, hey, man, this is like the paps of uh, of Baltimore. Yep. And she looked at it, and she's like, Tad, it's brewed in Milwaukee. Yes. And I'm like, ugh. So a little known Stupid secret Milwaukee. there. Milwaukee. Yeah. The good land. Yeah, I mean, I think this is like the fourth time we featured Natty Bo. It's kind of like the go-to when, when, when we haven't picked out the craft beer, and it's like, eh, Natty Bo. Now, somewhere out there, I just like to think that Eddie Murray is drinking a Natty Bo as we speak. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, go O's. All right, let's jump back into Italy here. We got week 19 in the books. Let's do it with the rundown. Napoli and Juventus take three points from some Serie A catfish. While Inter and Roma draw, slip, slip, slip Adelphia further from the top two. <laughs> Milan throws in a last-minute submittal for the ugliest draw of the year against Fiorentina. And Udinese stay hot and show the Serie A that for the last five weeks, a zebra can change its stripes. Sampdoria rips ball for three points and keep the feces out of the bed for the last match of 2017. And finally, finally in more than a few ways, guys, Benevento show they are not above beating up old man Kievo to get their first win in Syria history and have a story to tell everyone in Syria B next season. All right, guys, let's do it up with the top five. All right, off to first place with Napoli taking on Crotone. Crouton Nation, I weep for thee. This one finished one nothing. Napoli's Hamsik gives the midseason title to Napoli after beating Crotone 1-0 in this one. Man, Napoli takes the winner title. They're atop the table going into what used to be the Christmas break, guys. What is your take on this? Is this a big deal? Let's start. I guess we got to start with Sari, right? He says stats and a winner title are meaningless, so he doesn't put a lot of uh, emphasis on uh, coming up halfway through the season and being atop the table. Where are you guys on that? I don't think it's meaningless, you know? It takes uh, consistency, and it takes some some big cojones to be able to hold the top of the league, especially when Juventus has been rampaging. Inter's had somewhat of a season. I think it's massively important that a, a team like Napoli is able to kind of, you know, grab anything they can this season, even if it is right now the just the the winter league and it's a fake trophy that means nothing. You know, they've been able to hold on to results despite a couple down moments, and they came out on top in 2017. Something to hold your head up high for. Uh, and I think they come into the new year, despite this Atalanta loss, with their uh, a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. I'm not going to say entirely meaningless, but I'm going to say pretty close to meaningless. Um, for all the reasons that Marco said, it's great that these guys have been able to fight and stay ahead of Juventus and Inter and Roma and an OTFR team that's been surprising everybody. But at the same time, I mean, it, it, all that matters is May. Um, the good thing is they get to get this far, hopefully get some reinforcements in January because they desperately need them. The, the quote-unquote classic 11, as our friends at uh, the Sempre Inter podcast call them, starting to run out of gas. But uh, the good thing for them is uh, Hamsick, three games, Three straight games with goals. And he's kind of lying in the weeds for a lot of the, the, the first part of the season. So he's gone from hamsick to hamsick, H period, A period, M period, hard as a mug sick. Here he comes, man. The street shark, punk rock Harry Potter. He's yep. killing it. 
Yeah, uh, so much so. Uh, so we've been talking about him breaking Maradona's record for the past few weeks now. The Napoli was actually wearing special patches for this one to commemorate Hamsik's status as their new all-time top scorer. 116 goals surpassing the hand of God, Diego Maradona's 115. So something to put a patch on your jersey for. Napoli Nation out there as well. Um, I reserve the right for the T-shirt for Hamsik. H period, A period, M period, hot as a mug, hamsick. Telling you, all these things, they add up. Hamsik breaking the record, them winning the winter title, you know, them falling out of Champions yeah. League. Yeah, <laughs> getting a huge red handprint on the boot hay. I'll tell you, they they have been slightly inconsistent, at least when it comes to the cups, but I think the the more cups they get knocked out of, the more there is an onus on them to keep that that. Serie A title. Oh, for sure. They got knocked out of the Copa Italia today, just a few hours before we started recording by Atalanta. Um, I mean, at this point, it's like they're throwing them. Yeah, you that's know? that was seemingly what it seemed on uh, Napoli Twitter today. A lot of people shrugging, saying, eh, we got bigger fish to fry. I don't know, guys. When when Roma got knocked out with Torino, were you guys, I was, you always kind of hope for the treble, right? You're, it's not a big deal. I get it. A trophy. Yeah, you a want trophy. A trophy. And so even us, we're still in uh, champions, and we could potentially win the Scudetto as well. I don't know. It stings a little bit, but I, I get what they're saying. I think, you know, Napoli, as Napoli, as we've heard from, you know, previous guests on the podcast and, you know, Twitter and, and, and the whole universe out there, the Twitterverse, um, you know, it's just Scudetto or best for them. They They couldn't care less. You know, I mean, I personally like to think that each team would want to compete as hard as they possibly could in each tournament. Um, you know, to have that culture of winning. But when the when the eye on the prize is Napoli, for them is the Scudetto, you can't really fault them. You can't really care too much if you're a Napoli fan, especially if you're at the top of the table at the winter break. But, you know, the one thing I just got to say about Napoli being at the top of the table is just finally it's not Juventus. Yeah, no, I, I got to admit uh, that it does feel good seeing another name up there as well. On the other side of the ball, guys, very quickly is Crotone, Crouton Nation. There was a PK that was not given. New coach Zenga is furious about it. And adding to that, the general manager, Rena, felt that it was scandalous that it wasn't given it. So Crotone dropping all the adjectives in this one. Very unhappy with the calls. Dude, They're... it's like they're reviewing a movie here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's just rotten tomatoes down in Crotone. They're in the danger zone, guys. No Davide Nicola. And my takeaway from Crouton Nation, this is not the year to imitate Milan, guys. Crouton Nation, do not self-destruct. The fight for 16th continues until that point, though. It's looking bad for Crouton Nation. Lucky for them, Spall, Genoa, and Cagliari are all hot messes. So I think that if they can keep their head up, get a couple important results, they'll uh, they'll have a chance here to squirm at okay. the very end. And also seasoned veterans of the Serie at this point, guys. <laughs> yes, that's, yeah. that's right. Yep, hopefully it doesn't take them all 38 games to stay up, but we will see. By the way, guys, I just want to mention this, uh, being as we're Curve Americans and trying to promote the league here, we obviously weren't born and raised in any of these Italian cities. Encourage everybody to check out this, this article. Whoa, Set- whoa, 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 whoa. Marco was born and raised in the Bologna train station. That's fair. The first streets of Bologna. I fought my way to the top. For everyone else out there, including me and Tad, um, I'm encouraging everyone, check out Sempre Napoli's uh, podcast. Uh, they put a tweet out with this link. One of their um, contributors, uh, I guess founders really, wrote an awesome story of how he found his Italian club, being from Scotland, 
just we all have those stories, and I it definitely kind of hit close to home. So check that out. Really good article. Um, uh, uh, it was a lot of fun to read. So so kudos to them. Was it was it a little bit more of a heartstring tugger than um, coffee and uh, calcio? You just, <laughs> just like the coffee. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, just I I felt so much of a connection to Rome of just like. I studied abroad in Rome. I loved it. I fell in love with the city, and I definitely bleed red and yellow now. It's just part of who I am after living there. I, there's no reason for that to happen except for my experience. It definitely uh, it, it rang true for me for Roma fans. Yeah. Up next, guys, Hellas and Juventus. This one finished 3-1, and we have the return of Nightwing, Dybala. Tad, go ahead, man. Yeah, you see the uniforms in this one, guys? Yeah, I did. I saw what is that? A lot of yellow, a lot of blue on both teams. What is that? <laughs> I like those uniforms. Well, yes, the, the Ellis uniforms are great, but you know Juventus coming out basically. It's, the uniforms made it look like a varsity versus JV scrimmage, yeah. and you know outside of an incredible goal by Martin Caceres, uh, Juve just basically let everybody definitively who the varsity is. Eighteen to three on shots. I mean, I think a few Ellis players touched the ball for like a short amount of time. Um, but yeah, but you, you, who, who makes the decision though of like this game? Let's definitely have both of them in yellow. Why? Why? Who does that? I think Agnelli. Yeah, yeah. I think right. Agnelli is like, hey man, let's we're gonna roll up in the. What are you guys wearing? Oh, we're gonna wear your away jerseys, except for it's gonna say Jeep on the front and have our <laughs> exactly. badge. Yeah, we're gonna exactly. blend in with the rest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we we need every advantage we can get against uh, against Alice here. But the big one, guys, Nightwing, Nightwing with the double. You know, just sometimes for a striker, you need to get that good old slump bust against a bottom table team. Both goals, guys, just the definition of balance and grace. I mean, that second goal, that was straight up Maradona. I mean, he takes it off the chest about 50 yards away from the goal. He passes six defenders on his way to score. Just a beautifully placed goal. You know, I mean, this this guy, apparently, you know, he uh, uh, is, it was you know taking a sabbatical away from the party and letting it all hang out Nangolan style. Um, on the New Year's Eve, uh, apparently, it was what he's going for. But yeah, I mean, so well that Allegri goes back to singing his praises. Do you think that maybe he uh, has had a change of heart on Dybala? All part of the mind games. And who would have thought Dybala had a right foot, right? He yeah. scored both goals with his right foot, I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, just good for him for for coming out this season, uh, having, a, having kind of a, a bit of a slump. You said it yourself in, a, in different words. Uh, but now he's got 14 goals. It's like, what? How, how hot of a start did 14 he have? 14 goals? <laughs> yeah. Jekyll has how many? Eight? That, that's why I'm not buying this with Allegri. I feel like this is a little bit of hum, humble pie for him. I could definitely see Dybala scoring a lot more goals in the second well, half. Well, he did the same thing to Higuain. We talked about it for the last couple of weeks. It worked there, and it's working now. I mean, when you have a team with, with the players that are on the bench at Juve, everybody's competing against each other. I think it takes a little bit of the edge off of being sat down, you know, putting being put to the bench because you look around you and it's not like, uh, you know, the reserves are playing in front of you. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's a whole different mentality thing where I think that you could make it a little bit more palpable to say, well, I think he's just, you know, he's doing this so that, you know, I get my, my head straight before I get back in. I think Dybala trusts Allegri. He has to, man. I mean, he, Allegri's been winning with him. They, they know what they're doing over there. And also with Allegri and Dybala in this one, see the guys came out a 4-3-3 in this one with, with Dybala on the right. So uh, a, a position that, that he hasn't been playing it a lot uh, as of late and just completely takes over. Yeah, 
a little bit of a Christmas tree formation going on over there with uh, with Higuain at the tip. Fitting fitting for the season, absolutely. How about with uh, uh, Bernadeschi in this one? With all of the you know the talk going into the you know the, the end of the year, the the great the, the the greatest hits list get put out, best songs of uh, of the season, you know, best movies of the season. Uh, people get a little, tend to get a little reflective at this point, so people are trying to look back at this first half of the season and be like, well, where are we at this time? Well, Bernadeschi feel the burn believes that the Scudetto now, because of the slip slip Slipadelphia by Inter and Roma, is a two horse race, and you know, Benatti kind of backs this up. And congratulates Napoli for winning the Winter Scudetto, but says, you know, it's better to be there in May. So it looks like, you know, it kind of seems like two heavyweight fighters that might be starting to call each other out. And you got the champ here, you know, that hasn't been, has never been knocked out coming out here talking to the challenger. I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? End of 2017, first part of the season. Is it just basically now down to Juventus and Napoli? I just haven't seen enough consistency out of Roma and Inter to, to say otherwise. I mean, we know that Napoli's goal since the beginning of the season has been win it. Juventus, obviously, they don't have any other goal other than win everything. I think that Roma and Inter the whole time have kind of been settling with the idea that they're going to be third or fourth, you know. So I don't think it's too early to be saying things like that, even being an optimistic Roma fan that I am, you know. So we'll see what happens, but... It's going to be real tough for Roma and Inter to pick up. You know, the more points you lose against trash teams, it's going to be real tough to recover at towards the back end of the season. It's hard to, uh, I mean, Juventus is just built for the long haul. And I'd feel like Napoli, it's great that how built they are, but they're still running out of players and getting injuries. Same for Inter and Roma. I think my, my pick early in the season was Juve. I'm, I'm sticking with that. I think that uh, we've yet to see the best that Roma and Inter can play. Um, so there is chance for them to both make a run at it um, if, you know, if they start to really click. Um, but they both have first-year coaches with their squads, um, whereas Sarri and Allegri are firmly entrenched in there as you know, winning or revolutionizing in their style of play. So, I mean, the only thing that I think Juventus can't injure their way out of the title race. They're going to finish one or two. They're not going to hit some terrible, you know, uh, uh, run of form. Um, I mean, like, so Napoli would be the one that, you know, Mertens and Insigne or, or uh, Ham, H-A-M sick, Ham sick. Uh, you know, one of those players goes down for an extended period of time. They could drop some points. But, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's tough to say otherwise. You make, I really want to believe that we still have a four-horse race on this one, but uh, Inter and, and Roma are going to have to start playing with both barrels. How about quickly on the other side of the ball with Hellas here? We've got some movement, maybe going to OTFR, Ted? Yeah, uh, Martin Caceres uh, came out today that's basically all but done, that he's getting moved to OTFR. My only comment on this one is Martin Caceres probably looking at those looking at those OTFR jerseys and just looking back at, at Ellis and being like, hey, can I keep my jersey? <laughs> All right. Up next, we've got Marco with Inter and OTFR, Caceres' future destination probably. This one finished in a 0-0 entertaining draw. Both teams feeling like they missed an opportunity. What do you got, Marco? Yeah, you know... Uh- 0-0 draw is never fun to watch, but I was watching this game with uh, with my cousins who came from Rome this weekend. 
Uh, had a great time in the nation's capital over here, guys. Highly recommend coming to check out the scene, not when it's freezing. Uh, but we sat down with my brother and we watched this game, you know, really just kind of not really knowing who to root for. Uh, <laughs> we were just looking for the tie and that's what we got. So maybe that's what was so entertaining for us. But overall, just a, a solid game, really good atmosphere in the Sun Cito. Uh, you know, really just 50-50 possession. Everything was even about this game. And both sides are showing that they get the talent. I mean, it's unbelievable when you see throughout the game what kind of subs are being made. Uh, I thought it was extremely impressive to see a Luis Alberto coming off the field in the second half for OTFR for a Felipe Anderson and then Milinkovic Savic for Nani. Like these are like all game changing players over here. And you're subbing two out to bring two in. On the other side, Jao Mario comes in for Antonio Candreva, who kind of lost his head this game. It's uh, rumors of him spitting. I don't know what's yeah, going there's on. There's some photos to back that up, too. Yeah. And maybe it's because he's with the uh, playing against the X. And so he just hasn't really had a, a big game against in, uh, OTFR yet. And he's looking for that. Did, he, did you see what he said? He said that he wasn't spitting at the crowd. Players just spit all the time. And the swear words because he's angry that he didn't keep the ball in. Um, I don't know what grabbing his junk and pointing at a guy with an inter jersey in the stands meant, but uh, this seems like a pretty lame excuse. Seems like Shaggy. Wells and Blues. Still has the crispest beer, I think, beard in the. Uh, yeah, that 300 beard. <laughs> yeah, he does look like he's in 300. So. No, Antonucci. I think coaching styles out on display here at oh, the sorry. end of the DeRossi has the yeah. best beard. So yeah, we've got yeah. 300 army of, of bearded men. Yeah. Sorry, Marco. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, I, you know, anybody could get mesmerized by those beards. So at, at the end of the game, again, I think it's, uh, shows a little bit something. Here's two coaches that have been extremely exciting this season. Spalletti. We all know about him. He's got, he's got the tactics in his head. He's, he's one of the masterminds of the city. Yeah in terms of coaches. And then here we have young Simone Inzaghi moving his way up to the top. And I like his aggressive style of coaching when in the second half you're at uh, at Inter Stadium and you're putting in Felipe Anderson and Nani, two really offensive moves. Uh, on the other hand, Spalletti, a little bit more pragmatic. He puts in uh, defender Dalbert. He puts in Jao Mario, who is a little bit more withdrawn than Antonio Candreva. And Brozovic for Borja Valero is kind of one for one. But... Again, just one of these things that shows you how deep both of these teams are and how deep this Serie A top of the table is right now because OTFR, 37 points with a game in hand. They're only four points away from Inter and third, Roma in between there, and they're not too far off the mark of first and second. That's true. They're, they're right there as well. My story for OTFR for 2017 continues to be in Zaghi and Var. I saw that the goalkeeper Strakosha uh, also backing up Inzaghi saying that basically OTFR keeps getting screwed. They feel like they got like 12 points on the table That's, removed. That was, that was, I was my miss thing in the duck is seven, seven, seven points. But where does that put them on the table? Yeah. Seven plus points. Seriously. We're definitely up there competing with Napoli and Juve. So, uh, uh, I didn't get that. I didn't get that VAR 10 Roma Jersey. Yeah. For Christmas. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. VAR will rear its head later in this podcast as well. And I'll tell you what. Immobile has been quiet. He's been quiet it's true. as it was of hot. late. Yeah. Uh, so know. as soon as he turns back on, man, I'm. I hope that Roman's got a nice clearance gap between them because, you know, the way he was playing at the beginning of the season, again, this team is deep, and uh, 
you know, despite them being on the other side of Rome, uh, OTFR, they're looking like another good squad in, in Serie A. Yep, only two points behind Roma, and that's good enough for fourth and fifth place with our uh, two teams from Rome. Let's talk about it, guys. The other team, our beloved Roma, playing Sassuolo. This finished, unfortunately, with a 1-1 draw. Roma drop points only like Roma can and miss out on another golden opportunity to assert themselves in the top of the table. Well written there, guys. I mean, we'll, we'll start with the goal, right? Positive news first. Pellegrini fires home in the first half. Definitely good goal. Against his old team. Against his old team, that's right, in Sassuolo. And then Miseroli scores in the second half for Sassuolo. VAR did take away two goals from our beloved Roma in this one, and I think we got a lead with that story, guys. Yeah, this game is VAR v. Roma. I mean, everyone at Four Courts hates... Uh, <laughs> everyone at Four Courts hates Roma Club DC, uh, except probably the bartender and the owners, because uh, we were popping off those two goals. Not only cheering them like they were real goals, and then later to realize that they weren't and just just screaming cuss words uh but really just 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 overall we're just a rowdy bunch right i mean everyone is welcome to the the italian everyone is welcome you can you can find that out uh on the case de toady article that's right there you go the second goal taken away was a little bit more of a controversy and i think it's worth explaining here uh because i think even till maybe yesterday i thought that that the var messed up but the mar var doesn't mess up it's like the offsides in fifa everyone always thinks it's wrong uh, but it is a machine so uh basically what happened there is that under was offsides not florenzi so under wasn't involved in the play florenzi was on sides but he came he came off from offsides and apparently he got in the way or blocked the defender who was blocking who was uh guarding florenzi and that uh deemed him part of the play and yeah, so it's controversial, but apparently uh, that's the rule. Yeah, so VAR has definitely been an issue throughout the season. I am now more curious about it because it happened to my team in Roma. Uh, we were at the, the wrong end of this one. I still feel like uh, uh, we got screwed in this one. But p- permit me, guys, to get a little erudite and lawyerly on this because I did look this up. So VAR is not part of the laws of the game. Uh, it's just the trial phase and some huge competitions like Bundesliga and Serie A. And so human error, it's just we're all going to concede. It's going to be part of this. We're still working out the kinks. How it works, Tad and I were talking about this earlier in the week. The standard for using VAR and making an overrule in the referee's original decision is that there has to be a, quote, clear error, unquote. That's sometimes expanded to clear and obvious error. It can only be used in four situations with goals, whether the violation occurred in the buildup. So, Marco, like you're saying, the buildup with Under here, they're going to argue that that classifies as something that can be reviewed by VAR and therefore decision can be overturned. Penalty decisions, red card decisions, and mistaken identities in awarding certain cards. There is a VAR room, Tad, so kind of like a war room. There, there's like an official place where people are sitting there literally watching monitors all day looking for stuff. There's a god ins- room. Yeah, There's exactly. Dean Blandino. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, an assistant referee in there uh, reviewing every playing question. And the big question for me in this is who's determining when you can actually pull out VAR and actually use it? The short answer is ultimately the head referee on the field. But in that VAR room, they can review plays. If it's an on-the-field referee, doesn't initiate it. 
they can still check stuff and they don't have to say anything, but they can be reviewing plays. The VAR room may contact uh, a field referee if a potential error occurred, and an on-field referee may either change the call based solely on the VAR room, which, guys, you can imagine if the overrule happens with no conversation, no video review or anything, that can happen. The, the ref can just take VAR, the VAR room's word for it and be done with it. I, I, I envision the VAR room as like a like a, the back of the uh, uh, of the laundromat gambling secret gambling room just guys in there smoking throwing money down that's on the ground. exactly what i'm thinking right just there's, there's definitely there's this dark room with no lights and just the monitors watching these games um they're just butchering geese <laughs> this the other option the ref has is conduct an on-field review with the screen next to the field so we all seen them using like the make a rectangle with your fingers that's typically what happens. Or the ref can say, I don't care what the VAR room says. I'm standing by original by my original call, and that's it. So pretty interesting stuff that there is, like we have here in the NHL, we have in the NFL. Like this, the call is going to go to New York, and they're going to review it in some uh, you know room with no lights and just monitors going on. I believe in the NHL, it's Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Uh. It's up in, yeah, up in uh, the NHL, sure. Um, but guys, the statistics are there for uh, Fabio out there. The statistics do back up that VAR is working. It's speeding up the game and reducing errors. But just, guys, is you know, we, we got NFL playoff football going on right now, right? I saw, and I mentioned on the podcast, I think two weeks ago, Patriots-Steelers. Look, man, like... That was the wrong call. I don't care what the rule book says. That was a touchdown. But that's what video review is there for. And we're going to nitpick every little detail here. What do you think after kind of reviewing VAR and how it all works? Good thing? Bad thing? I'm sorry, Chris. I wasn't paying attention. Could you start from the beginning again, please? I know it was long, but, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of interesting. That Informative, for, we, sure. for sure. We, were, we, uh, we didn't know if there was an official room. I, I, honestly, we just thought, well... Maybe the referee just wants to take another look on the side of the field, but he does have a whole I team. I was like Lotito just up there just making the rules. Yeah. I'm going to be the guy that throws the controller through the television screen playing FIFA here. When it's happened in the OTFR, I love VAR. Oh, right. yeah. right. But this Florenzi one was total BS, and I think we need a full-grown congressional uh, investigation as <laughs> yeah. to making sure or understanding how we got robbed. I mean, VAR in this game... It must have been where I mean I don't, I don't it, it, they must have been wearing a ski mask and holding a gun because they straight up robbed Roma yeah. of of two extra two more points in this game. Yep, no, I, I'm I'm right there with you. So let's go back to Rome anyway. Just VAR was an issue in this game. All right, we admit that, but we have not been scoring a lot of goals, guys. What's your take on that for Roma? It's sad, obviously, that uh, we had the the ex Capocannonere who just can't get it going, uh, but. I continue to say that it's because I think he's not getting enough service, and I think that Florenzi needs to come further up the field. Until that happens, guys, that'll be the only point that I'll have that's original uh, for the rest of the season. So I think that Florenzi, remember, he scored a half-field goal against Barcelona. Obviously, that was a freak goal, but he scored many improvisational goals that come out of nowhere and that's something that you need when you're playing against a team that that is just stacking defenders and pushing Jekyll around because lord knows he's six foot four but goes down much easier than anyone else on the field other than Manolas and so that's the problem right now Jekyll needs to get going but I think he needs a little bit better service the uh the problem 
And perhaps the solution is two words. Mohamed Salah. <laughs> I mean, oh, you, man. You, 18 goals and 12 assists from this team from a guy who sat out, you know, six matches because of the of the African Cup of Nations. It's just going to be such a tough thing to fill in. Um, really hoping that Schick is the solution to this one. I mean, we spent the money we spent on Salah, so essentially, you know, give Alar. or take a few a few million, uh, uh, the same guy. And we have Giampero, uh this week saying that Schick is the best player he's ever coached. I would really like to see that on the field. Jengis Under's been a little bit of a bust so far, but I mean, he's so young, you yeah. can't you can't really uh, you, you know you can't really lay that one at his feet. And we can't. I mean, right wing. What are we going to spend more money? On you know a crazy right winger to come in here, so I agree it's it's service. Alessandro Florenzi could be that person. Then I'm just wondering where you're putting Schick, but uh, uh, whatever it is, uh, uh, they need to hit a hot streak. They need to have one of those five zero crushings of somebody to believe they can score again. Well, the one good thing is that Roma's defense is still holding pretty strong. Uh, still one of the best defenses in the league. And on top of having the best defenders in the league, they also have the best goalie. He's got the highest save percentage. And uh, good old Fabio pulled up a nice little uh, chart here. Uh, I think he got it off the Reddit streams. The Allison save percentage, 81.96%. All the way at the bottom there is... Who's going to make the guess? Chris, is it you? Have you looked at the notes? The 100 gazillion dollar man. Really? Uh-huh. Big old crybaby boy. Donnarumma. Yep. Sorry, maybe his Maybe his brother should play a little bit more <laughs> yeah, often. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's down there like 63% to like Allison's 82. It's not so, good. So much further away. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and throw out. I'm going to go ahead and pull my Trump moment here. I'm going to go ahead and take credit for Allison's uh, uh, start to this season. Um I wish you'd tweet at me a thank you for when I pulled him aside and whispered in his ear after we interviewed him. Um, you know, those words of encouragement that have apparently made him the best goal in the Serie A. So, Can you, know. you do that to me, too, after this podcast? <laughs> I, you, or now? You, you, want me, you want me to anoint you? The Yeah. All right. Well, I'm already going to make Chris the Asbury Park FC backup goalkeeper. So, if yeah, I got, I got a third wish for you. He looks like he's part of the Peaky Blinders, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Season four out. Trying to stay warm, man. Yep. Funniest thing that's come out of this uh, this week with Roma, if if we can call anything else that's happened funny, is Nangolan on the apology tour right now after yeah. his posting on Instagram, clearly wasted because you know you probably wouldn't do that if you're Pete really Blinders. Clearly wasted is him partying at New Year's, smoking cigarettes, swearing, you know, drinking, and he's got to go on this apology tour. Come on. Social media, the best thing, the worst thing. It's like Ninja. It's okay when you do that, you know, and, and you talk about beating up Juve and winning Coppa Italia last year, but come on, dude. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I mean, it, Italy is such a funny place, man. You walk you walk down the streets of Rome kicking piles of cigarette butts out of your way, and they're shaming Nangalon because you can smoke in this certain instance all you want, but you can't smoke if you're in this certain instance. It's like if you take your shirt off in downtown Rome, people are like looking at you funny and, and talking trash to you. But at the beach, take off those pants too, brah. Well, De Rossi saying that uh, he's probably going to retire soon, right? And telling all the kids to look up to Nangalon. So maybe more Romanisti will be smoking. In the yeah, I, I, say, it, say it ain't so, Danny. Um, I think he's just like, he, he's, he saw with Toti, hey, when are you going to retire? You know, and Toti's like, oh, I don't know. I mean, De Rossi's a smart enough guy. He's probably just like, soon, man. <laughs> don't worry about it. 
if uh if my career is a round of golf i'm teeing off on the 18th hole Quickly on Sassuolo, they've beaten Inter, and now they tie Roma, guys. Giacchini with that lucky hat, doing big things since he's taken the helm. We will see if it continues now that Paolo Cannavaro, he just played his last game in the Serie A. He's off to China uh, to be an assistant coach with his slightly more famous brother, Fabio Cannavaro, out there in China. So we'll see if that has a factor. Up next, the fifth game of Week 19 is Sampdoria and Spal. This one finished 2 nothing. Giggity, giggity, quags. Qualiorella gets a brace in this one, guys. We've got Sampdoria, the Cinderella midseason team. They have a game in hand against Roma, and it could potentially put them just four points behind fifth place OTFR. They definitely needed this win to get back on track. Losses to Napoli and Sassuolo. Laviola knocked them out of the Coppa Italia. This is their first victory in the Serie A in the past six games. Is this guy an immortal or what? Yeah, Il Immortale. Yeah, maybe maybe he's going to be on Gamora next. Unbelievable. And not only that, I think he tied his single-season record at Sampdoria, too. You know, it's not like he's uh, at Juve or Napoli just dumping in goals because he's got the surrounding cast. This guy's just impressive. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's going to be a fitting end to the Sampdoria, Sampdoria journey here. Uh, that Bleacher Report article about how much he loves his hometown of Napoli. I don't know, man. They need strikers. Maybe that might be a good fit. We will see in this transfer market. I'm rooting for him to do that because, and if he does that, he needs to do it before uh, Roma plays against Sampdoria. I think that's only fair. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes to Naples and, you know, maybe gives Juve a hard time. And meanwhile, Roma sneaks their way to the top. Yeah, I don't think he's going to score a whole lot of goals against Roma because Quags never used to play for Roma. <laughs> yep. So uh, that's to be determined. We will see uh, whether Qualiorella stays there. Sampdoria director Prade saying we can only improve. So he doesn't think anyone's going to leave. He thinks, if anything, they're going to acquire more players. So that will be interesting, this transfer market. On the other side of the ball, guys, the disappointment of the first half of the season is Spal. They just simply need more from Antonucci and Borriello here. We were very excited about Spal making big things. Got a different color scheme uh, for the Serie A. We'd love to see them up, but right now they're tied with Crotone with 15 points, and they are just outside the danger zone on differentials with Crouton Nation. They're, they're happy with that. They all they want to do is stay up. Race for seventeenth for yeah. them. I mean, Boriello, sixteen goals for Calgary last year, and just can't seem to find the back of the net this year with any sort of consistency. It appears the pit of naked, writhing men, women, and sea creatures might be a little bit too deep at Spall. Yep. So that finishes off the first five games, guys. We'll take a quick break and finish off week nineteen. This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs, ranging from just one chair to million square foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, SumnerFurniture.com, or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair. (laughs) 
Starting off second half of week 19 is Fiorentina and Milan. This one finished 1-1. Well, the bright side for Milanisti is the man is that they managed a point and 2017 is over. Tad, go ahead, man. Man, hopefully Milan can just wake up from this nightmare that yeah. has been the first half of the season. And their stocking was filled with money. Yeah. Filled. Well, it's the first week of January, and we still got a lot of trash to talk about not, uh, Milan this week. I, I don't like to do it anymore. I feel like I'm piling on, but it's just the entire story with these people. Um, you know, Gio Simeone to the game, though, gets a beautiful header for Live Viola and Chalanoglu, or however the heck you pronounce his name, cleans up after an excellent Suso strike for the visitors. The rest of the time, Gattuso basically looked like an early-level Angry Bird while he watched his team uh, steal a city bus and park it in front of the goal. Um, you know, Milan just came back down to earth this game. High hopes, Gattuso saving his job, supposedly, after the uh, uh, Copa Derby midweek win. So congrats to them. You can look to that, yep. Milanisti. That's probably the highlight. did enter yep. in the begin- middle of the week. But they just look terrible in this draw, basically outside of that Suso shot. They have, they have a little bit of a chance right now to build up a head of steam before they get into some important games against OTFR in both the league and Coppa Italia. I mean, they play Crotone and then Cagliari. And we were just talking about how those are the kind of the trash teams with Genoa. Now, that could be a, a, a blessing in disguise for them or it could be a, a, a nightmare times 10 because if they don't get results against those two, you can bet that Gattuso is going to be on the street with a hat and a, and an acoustic guitar. <laughs> or probably go back to where he was scaring children underneath a bridge. Um, and I mean, go back to the archives, man, of this, of this very podcast. We were saying the same thing a few weeks ago, and then they drew Benevento. Like, this team is not building up ahead of steam. Drew Benevento, that's right. I almost said they won, but that Brignoli goal. Yeah, the, the Brignoli so cannoli. Yeah. Um, you know, this, I just don't, like, under Gattuso, I just... It looks like they just have they have they have nothing. They played like the crappy catfish of Syria on this one. They parked the bus. They had nothing for Fiorentina to the point where they got they got the point straight, parked the bus. Um, you know, they're fourteen points at this point off of Champions League, which everyone basically is saying is what they need, so they don't have you know FFP penalties. And even this week, shots fired by Montella. He goes over to Sevilla and he just basically says Sevilla is the bigger club. Oof. You know, it's like they've won more in the last ten years. Like, ooh, yeah. clearly a bye Felicia moment. I'm yeah. not going back to the dumpster fire that is Milan. Bye Felicia. How's 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 uh, how's your ex soon? Oh, she's great. You know, still has really bad halitosis. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, the, what are the bright spots for this Milan team? in the first half of the season? You know, I mean, are there any of these signings that are working out? Because I look at this team. And the best players are Susto, who played there last year. Um, the most exciting one has been Cutrone, who played there last year. And the biggest signing for them that I see that worked out is Fabio Barini. <laughs> I mean, Frank Kessie's been pretty good, but Fabio Barini has been their best performing signing. And then looking at Fabio Barini's who scored page, did you know that he's only 26? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's been around. He's been around for yeah, a Yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought he came up... Uh, uh, I thought it came with Chievo in the 50s. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Cutrone's been good. The Tommy, the Tommy gun <laughs> in the Ford T. 
Catroni's been good. Uh, really feel bad for, for Milan, but um, I did mention, saw this today, guys. They have a former Milanistan, George Wee, now the president of Liberia. So maybe there is some hope for leadership with, with Milan in, in your blood. So yeah, I don't know if that's going to do anything for them. Liberia, the, the paradigm of, uh, of progressivism. But I mean, like, no, <laughs> yeah. who... who yeah. I mean, are there any other signs or bright spots of this team that they're going to be doing any, doing any good? Well, Berlusconi, you know, he's getting back into politics, so I think pretty soon he might be able to rebuy yeah. the club for, yeah, like, right. uh, I don't know. That guy, well, there's he, some he, shady stuff going on over there. He, he said recently he's not going to buy the club, so that probably means that he's going to buy the club. Yeah. yeah, right. Then the other thing, Tad, is Donnarumma, right? I mean, he's finally come out, in my opinion, finally coming out saying, I signed a four-year contract and I'm happy. I guess you could call that a summer signing that has maybe worked out. I don't know. But just the fact that he's saying he's going to stay, I think that's a small positive that Milan How did it worked out? Yeah, uh, he plays his 100th game. Yeah, but he's statistically the worst goalie in Serie A right now. I think most of the teams in Serie A, despite the statistics, I am a statistics guy, I get that, but I think you would want him on your team. Yeah, I mean, you know, and statistics can be misleading because uh, he hasn't really had that good of a defense this year led by Bonucci. Period. Stop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. What else has this team got to do? And this whole quote, I have a four-year contract and I'm happy, is basically got called in the principal's office. It's like, no more tears, no more outbursts, rain in your agent. If anybody asks you anything, say, I have a four-year contract and I'm happy. Hey, Gigi, what's your favorite flavor of gelato? I have a four-year contract and I'm happy. Hey, Gigi, uh, hey, does anybody say you look like uh, your mom? I have a four-year contract and I'm happy. Hey, Gigi, what do you think about your younger brother your older brother taking over your starting spot because you have the worst statistic <laughs> saves uh worst stats in the city yeah hey right. Gigi, what do you think about the parliamentary poli- politics of liberia yeah i have a four-year contract and i'm happy <laughs> all right so there's milan fiorentina draw them up next guys is bologna and udinese this one finished one two meat sauce united that one is going to stick marco mm-hmm. they lose to a stampeding zebrete what do you got own goal by Danilo gets Bologna fans feeling a little saucy until Udinese grabbed the three points on Widmer and Lasagna's backs. Lasagna, ironically beating up the meat sauce team. Yeah, nothing but pasta dishes here. Guys, five in a Kevin row. Kevin Lasagna going ham sick oh, yeah. on uh, team meat sauce. Oh, yeah, it's everybody. You're going to need, a, you're gonna need a, like a, a decoder ring that you get in a cereal box to understand this podcast. <laughs> five in a row for Udinese. There's another one that's kind of a head scratcher. Aldo, what is he feeding them? He's giving them Michael Jordan special water. Eighth place, if the season were to end in three weeks, I would pick them as the most likely team to make it in Europe. Forget right. everything else. Guys, 14 goals, two goals against, and Kevin Lasagna, man of the match again. I'm curious to see if he, uh, well, I guess, was it Roberto Inglese that was Napoli's player? Maybe there'll be some uh, big fish looking for, to pick up Kevin Lasagna. He's still pretty young, and he's showing that he can he can hang hang with the big dogs. Well, he ripped it up in Serie B last year. So, uh, you know, him coming up uh, on a loan spell. So him coming up and, you know, five straight games with goals for him. I believe he's got seven on the season. I mean, who doesn't want to see Kevin Lasagna succeed? Who yeah. doesn't? I mean, even even Giorgio Spaghetti wants to see Lasagna <laughs> succeed. Chef Boyardee. Yeah, the, I mean, yeah. come on with this guy. <laughs> you uh, could sell jerseys with with Lasagna. Absolutely. I feel like that's a marketing thing, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. You, you weren't here when I said that. I, oh, yeah, you were when I said that's all I wanted for Christmas was Lasagna to go to Roma so I could get a Roma Lasagna jersey. Um, 
Yeah, with Barilla on the front. Yeah, with Barilla on the front. Yeah. Jeez, that would that would make that would make a great that would make a great. I just might make that anyways. Um, you know, like Kevin Lasagna, man, he sounds like a like a mall cop in an you know an Italian cartoon, and he just Kevin Lasagna. Kevin Lasagna, nice to meet you. Love Guys, it. speaking of jerseys, I think the reason why my uh, beloved Bologna didn't win this one was I forgot to wear my hundred year Pats jersey, and I wore it. They got the result. I should have done it again. It's I want to see if this. Thing, I just want to see if it works again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's tough for you to wear it considering it's a Photoshop picture of you in a Roma jersey. <laughs> Looked good though. It did. It did. All right. So Bologna needs to bounce back from the storming Zebrete. We'll see about them in the second half. Up next is Atalanta and Cagliari. This one finished two-one in Cagliari's favor. Shocking result. Cagliari is beating Ladea. Got to respond quickly with Gasparini saying, quote, we were cursed. Papu Gomez, though, he had a curse going on for about 100 days with no goals. Fortunately, even though they didn't get the result, the drought is over. He had an injury and two missed PKs during that uh, run. But in this game, he does get the lone goal for Atalanta in the weekend loss. Makes up for it today. He gets the go-ahead goal in the Copa Italia game against Napoli. So everyone in the streets of Bergamo are bailing Coma El Papu yet again. Very happy for the goddesses, Captain. Great uh, Instagram, uh, uh, social media account. Really funny stuff that he puts out there. Uh, just seems like a really good guy, good captain. So happy for him. I love He's, the. It's uh, a really good guy. I love the Corp America term bailing to yeah. baila. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bailando. I know, I know. But I'm an American. What do you want? <laughs> Uh, 81st goal in this 81st minute goal in uh, this one here and it was the difference maker so credit to him Adelanta getting the result in Copa Italia good for them Cagliari they're speaking of which they lose this game yeah uh, looking back over the weekend not so good for Adelanta this was a shock and Cagliari hey look they're making moves right Uh, Mr. Lopez uh, got hired a few weeks ago getting them out of the danger zone they got 20 points that's five points away, uh, five points of safety. In this one, their goalkeeper, Rafael, was on fire, and the goals from Pavoletti and the young Padawan. Fifth goal of the season for Pavoletti. The tooth, the teeth. I like that. Los teeth, e teeth. Um, yeah, man, I mean, that's five for him. What's he, he, he's up to just a shade under $1.5 million per goal for him. <laughs> Cheers to that. And uh, the other bright spot for Cagliari, out on that little island, we are potentially getting another stadium for Serie A. 2020, they just had 20 proposals get narrowed down to three. So Cagliari maybe getting a new stadium pretty soon. That's really great for Serie A. Great for Serie A, just not so great for Roma fans. They're sitting there being like, what do we have to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, up next we got Torino and Genoa. This one finished in a 0-0 draw. Breaking news, Mihalovic got the same amount of combs for Christmas as goals were scored in this game. Tad, what do you got? Miha, man. Buy a comb. Yeah. You know, the Garden State put the OTF back in front of Genoa you know, with their performance, barely hanging on against a team that was raffling off roster positions in the parking lot before this game started. Story of this one, guys. Torino's injuries. They should be for this game be called the Torino Black Sox because they're eight men out of this game in their squad, including among them Andrea Bellotti, Adam Yaich, Christian Ansalti, and something Baselli. Um, you know, I mean they even the Peaky Blinder. <laughs> you like that show. His yeah. haircut. Yeah. Okay. 
Ah, yes. Um, cons- I mean, they even really considered letting like the Torino Bull with Cairo riding on top of it and Bonucci's son suit up for this one. I mean, they were sparse. Um, but the good news for Torino is, is Belotti, his injury's not as bad as they thought. I've got a bunch of alerts that, that his knee basically exploded, um, but it turns out just, just a mild sprain. Yeah, so. glad to see that. I saw those cries of serious concern as well. Well, the fact that he had we had projections of an ACL tear and it turns out he's fine just goes to show that he has not, does not, and will never play for Roma. You know, I can't really say much about a, a 0-0 draw. The, the big highlight was uh, uh, Perrin was man of the match, and he was second on that little cheat sheet that, uh, that Fabio gave us. Mm-hmm. I mean, his saves are the only reason for the point. And he just owned Niang in this one. He's definitely not getting a holiday card from Niang after making three big saves on him, including a flick. That would have been sick if Niang put it in, but Petting was on fire. Would have been a sick flick. And I just basically, the only thing I can say about Perrin in this one is no one is more excited about the news over the weekend that Noel and Liam Gallagher are setting aside their differences than Perrin's haircut. He looks like he's an oasis. Oh, really? If I have to spell out the joke, it's not as funny. <laughs> yeah, well... Oasis a little bit before Marcos. You know time. me. Yeah. <laughs> Singer songwriter. You you not you've never had. Look, man. The, I, all I know is the new Jumanji movie's good. <laughs> well, I mean, and at your party, you were swaying and singing out loud to Wonderwall. So I don't know. Um, Everybody knows that. I thought that was I thought that was Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. The remixes. <laughs> yeah. Why do we have to have this at the end of the podcast? The most interesting thing to come out of both these teams this week is my favorite rumor so far, my favorite uh, transfer rumor so far, is Falchinelli, the dirty rooster. Looks like he's going to Torino. All right. Or possibly could. That's all I got. Zero, zero draw. (laughs) All right. Let's finish off week 19 with our 10th game. Benevento taking on Kievo. Looking forward to to the whole analysis here, Marco. one nothing. Benavento wins it. Go ahead. Hashtag race for 17th. Spread the love, guys. Minus 11 from 17th. And uh, they're almost there. One game <laughs> yeah, at a time. almost there. One game at a time. Just got to chip away, man. They do have some big games coming up against Samp, Bologna, and Torino. I think if they can steal some points there, then we're looking at Crotone Part 2. But it's going to be highly unlikely because the Stregoni are going to need to concoct some sort of magic potion if they want to make this miracle happen. Just got it's like a it's like the Syria version of the New Year's diet, man. Just got to chip away one pound at a time. There you go. Get some get, get them some diet shakes. For you guys, is this a fireable offense? I mean, Benevento is probably the laughing stock of European soccer. Not only getting one point so far halfway through the season. If you're the coach that made the first loss to them. Is that a fireable offense? Yeah. Well, no, man. If you ask Deserby, there's a lot more of those where those came from. So they're gonna be, he's going to be bumping off uh, other Serie A coaches like an episode of Gamora, man. Well, yeah. I think Maran should deserve to get fired, you know, not just because of this result. This result's the cherry on top, I think. Uh, but maybe, just maybe, he's being held uh, on a string right now just because of his result against, of course, Roma. Yeah, of course, of course. Well, enjoy it, Stragoni. We're very happy for all the Ro- Benevento Club uh, of, of America here. That's, uh, that's great to see. The fight for 17th continues. Good luck. We're kicking off week 20. We got the game schedule restarting for the second half, starting this weekend, guys. What are you looking forward to? Anything in particular? 
Please, God, can we get a Roma win? Mm. Tough Please, one with Atalanta. God. Tough one. Yeah. They're so Atalanta right now. I know. I know. They're a little inconsistent, though. But yeah. So are we. No, that's uh, that's probably the uh, the best game of the weekend. So looking forward to that. Until we are back here next week, guys. Ragazzi di Shamo. Going hamsick and arrivederci. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, 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 ciao. Thank you.